Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We are going to jump into it. If you were here with us last week, um, we started to talk about um, the Holy Spirit, the ghost, the ghost with the most, and the just who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, and uh, just there's, there's a lot of things. You can't teach on the Holy Spirit in a week. Um, we could spend every single week for years teaching on the Holy Spirit and just scratch the surface, really. Uh, but today, we're going to continue that, and I want to read to you one of my favorite verses about who God is, and uh, also, if we haven't met before, if you're new around here, my name's Ryan. I work here. Thanks for coming. Psalm chapter 115. It says, but our God is in the heavens, and this is the greatest line to me, he does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he pleases. Today's message is called, he does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he pleases, and that can be uh, exciting, and that can be scary. That can be life-changing, that can be... um, just transforming. It can be all kinds, but God, he does whatever he pleases. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is continually kind of trying to to teach me is that as soon as I try to control the Holy Spirit and get God to do what I want him to do, it's not going to work because he does whatever he pleases. When it says he does whatever he pleases, this is talking about sovereignty, God's sovereignty, that, that sovereignty of him being in charge of everything and that we don't know the entire story or the plan or how it's all going to work out. We don't know uh, the, the fast forward to two years from now where God maybe is working on something and you don't understand it right now, but two years from now it's going to click You're going, oh, that's what God was up. That's his sovereignty going. And in his sovereignty and his wisdom, one of the things that he does is he calls into existence certain churches at certain times uh, to do certain things for the kingdom of God. And what I mean is uh, there have been different times throughout history where, say, the Catholic Church was powerfully advancing the kingdom of God and doing massive work for the Lord and doing a thing that God needed the Catholic Church to do at a certain time. Not that they're not doing that now, but that he has empowered certain denominations, certain groups, certain small groups, certain um, just certain people for certain times to do what he needs what he needs done to reach more people for Christ this uh, today I want to talk a little bit about the some of the history of the vineyard if you're a new person to the vineyard church um, 
and, and you're not sure like where we came from, why did they come up with that name Vineyard Westside? Well, we didn't come up with it. We are a part of a group of churches. Some people would call the Vineyard a movement, um, and it is, it is very, very large. Um, the Vineyard has about 600 churches in the United States. Uh, and so you can go to any state on the map, and you can find a vineyard church. And we're all going to have certain things in common, a certain, you know, there, there will be some differences, but certain core values that are the same. There are approximately 900 vineyard churches in 85 other countries. And so you can go almost anywhere in the world and find a vineyard church. And they're going to have a similar belief system. Uh, our church, Vineyard Westside, is a part of the vineyard movement. We were uh, a church plant from the vineyard in Tri-County. Uh, the Tri-County Vineyard is where my wife and I and, and quite a few people in this room uh, attended and we were a part of. And uh, Essentially, we just got called into growing this more. And so we said, we want, we want some of the vineyard on the west side of Cincinnati because there, there's something different about it. And that something different is the reason why I fell in love with the vineyard in particular and why I stuck with it, and why certain parts of it made sense to me. Um, but God has called all of us to, to reach and minister to people in our community. And for us, you know, that's, that's kind of our, our mission. Our mission at this church is to bring the incredible life of Jesus to the lost and the broken. Uh, most vineyard churches uh, have a specific calling on them to reach mainly people who either haven't been to church a whole lot or at all, completely unchurched, or those people who just are done with the traditional church, that it's kind of over for them. And so the vineyard has been super effective at reaching, uh, I, I would say, the, the fed up, or the, there, there's got to be something more out there than this type people. And it doesn't make us any better than any other church. It takes lots of different types of churches to reach different kinds of people at different stages in their life. If any of you are thinking uh, at the end of this message today that, I don't think this church is for me, you can come up and talk to me. I have some recommendations for other places that you can go. One of the things that's distinct about the vineyard that's special, though, one of the things that has stuck with me since the beginning is one of the core values uh, has to do with being naturally supernatural. Naturally supernatural. And what does that mean? What I came to understand is that it meant you don't have to put on a show. You don't have to um, do like big flashy things. You don't have to pray super long prayers. You don't have to have a, a degree in theology. You don't, have to, um, you don't have to play by some of the same 
rules that maybe you've seen growing up. And one massive piece of being naturally supernatural is a really short prayer that is very, very powerful. And that prayer is, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. That something can happen when you say these three little words that it, it, it's a dangerous prayer. It's dangerous. Um, but what I've kind of figured out over the years is that the, the best way for me to pray when anything is going on, if it's, a, if it's a bad thing that's come up and there's a crisis, most effective prayer that I can pray quickly is come Holy Spirit. When it's an opportunity to pray for a person and I don't have any idea what to pray for them. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and be here and you, God, I want you to show up and do the work and not have it depend on me. That I don't want to be the, the one driving this whole thing. I want to invite you to come and Move however you, and what did we read earlier? He, he does whatever he pleases. And so just to try to be open to you doing whatever you want to do, Lord. Now, um, living um, in a way where you're inviting the Holy Spirit to, to lead things or guide things can look a lot of different ways. There's a, a famous story from a long, long time ago about a nun who would wake up and she would ask the Holy Spirit to direct her steps, that she would invite the Holy Spirit to lead her to her next thing. And I, I've read through this a couple times where she would wake up and she would lay in bed under the covers and wait for the Spirit to tell her to get up. And so if he told her to get up, she would get up and she would wait for the Spirit to tell her to put on her socks and wait for the Spirit to tell her to put on her pants and wait for the... This is really stupid to me. <laughs> I hate this story <laughs> because I think it was like supposed to be a good thing. Like she was following God's... I'm like, that lady's not getting dressed some days. Because sometimes we're, we're asking, sometimes we're asking the Holy Spirit to do stuff that, that you ought to be able to do. Like sometimes um, we're waiting on God to do certain things that God is just waiting on us to do. Like he's like, come on, you, you know how to put your socks on. Just do it. You know that's what comes next. Pants, shirt, come on. But one thing that we do know is that those of us who are, are believers, we need the Holy Spirit's power to be able to do the things that Jesus did, the stuff that humans can't do normally, the supernatural stuff. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit. This prayer became a part of the Vineyard Movement uh, from the very beginning, because uh, if you're not familiar, the founder of the Vineyard Movement is a guy named John Wimber, 
John Wimber uh, was actually a professional musician. He was a keyboard player in the band The Righteous Brothers, if you know that. And he lived the life of an, a rock star maniac on every kind of drug, uh, just drunk all the time, all sorts of things. But it, at some point, he had a radical encounter with God where he experienced the Holy Spirit. And he said, I got to get out of this lifestyle. Eventually, he started studying the Bible and leading small groups all the way to the point where he is the leader of a church. And he was the leader of a, a, a church that was a, a Quaker church. Um, I don't have time to get into all that, but a Quaker church is uh, fairly traditional. Um, they weren't exactly doing a lot of supernatural stuff at the Quaker church. Uh, but John Wimber was open to anything that God wanted to do. And so he invited, at some point, a guest speaker to come in named Lonnie Frisbee. Sometimes I wish my last name was something cool like Frisbee. But he invited this guest teacher to come in and teach at the evening service that was mostly young adults, uh, late teens, early 20s. And it was a, a huge service. John Wimber was a great teacher, and so he grew this, this group of young adults uh, to a pretty huge size. But they had a guest speaker, Lonnie Frisbee. Lonnie, this guy was a hippie who was part of what was known as the Jesus Movement uh, in the late 1960s. He was from Southern California. He was like, yeah, man, you just, you know, just let the spirit flow kind of thing. And so John Wimber's church, mostly younger people, teens and 20s, um, they, they just listen as this guy gets up to speak. He, I don't know exactly what he talked about, but towards the end of his message, he said he wanted to, to close by praying this, come Holy Spirit. And he just waited. He said it again, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And as he prayed, somehow that three-word little prayer grew into something where heaven started breaking loose in that place, and people who had never experienced the Holy Spirit before started having stuff happen to them. And some people were bursting out laughing, and some people were just crying uncontrollably. And some people were, um, you know, they were, they were feeling things and seeing things that didn't make any sense. They would close their eyes and they would see images from God. Uh, some people were hearing audible voices and just things started happening. As that service ended, there were hundreds of these young adults who left and they, they just, they caught something. There's no other way to explain it than they, they, they caught something of the Holy Spirit and they went out into the streets and they began praying for people. It's not something they'd ever done before. They weren't trained on how to do it, but they just went out and they would just find anyone they could find on the street and they would start praying. They would say, come Holy Spirit. And miracles started following them around. And this simple prayer led to um, healings 
of bodies and minds and deliverances of people from addictions and, you know, just, just crazy things. And they led hundreds and then thousands of people to Christ. Since that experience, um, that, that ended up turning into the vineyard movement, that group of people. And so we come from those weirdos, just so you know. That's just a little snip, snippet of the story. But what those mostly kids did after that service and praying, come Holy Spirit, is what would become known as power evangelism later. Power evangelism, so evangelism is just reaching people for Jesus. And that can look like a lot of different things. And so sometimes people stand on a street corner with a bullhorn and say, you're going to hell. And they say that, that's evangelism because they're trying to reach people for the, you're going to burn. Why does everybody run away from me? But this was a different kind of evangelism that they, they called power evangelism because it, it didn't have anything to do with teaching people. It didn't have anything to do with reasoning with people or arguing with people. Uh, all it had to do with was going up to random strangers and saying, can I pray for you? And if they agreed to it, praying, come Holy Spirit, and then following God's leading from there. And the thing that they found is that when people had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit, you didn't have to convince them to follow Jesus. They knew that he was real. They knew that he loved them. They knew that it was true. And so all of this hard work part of it was gone. If you could get people to experience the power of God pretty easy to sell them on the rest of it. And that power evangelism idea is just basically ordinary people who are participating with God in miraculous things. So here, here's what I'll, I'll ask you guys. The reason we're talking about this today. Let's just do a, a what, what is better? What do you think is better uh, is it better to have your roof replaced or to take your family on vacation? Roof? Man, you guys are boring. I would like to take my family on vacation. Is it better to buy a new pair of jeans or to go out to dinner with some friends? I know people are like, jeans, but... I don't want to say. Is it better to sit around and catch up on Facebook or Instagram or to take your son or daughter to the Reds game? All right, some unanimous. There we go. Is it better to sit in front of the TV or to go outside and build a fire and sit around that and talk? The reason that most of us think the second choice is better on all those things is because 
We like experiences better than we like things. We like experiences better than we like things. We value doing more than hearing or seeing. We, we want to do the stuff. We want to experience the stuff, not just hear about it and read about it and, and see other people do the stuff. We want to do the stuff. We want to experience God, a lot of us would say that we want to experience the Holy Spirit, but we feel like that's off limits for some reason, that that was for the disciples, it ended with the, the apostles or something like that, it, that, that doesn't happen today. Um, if you believe that, you're known as a cessationist, a cessationist, someone who believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are no longer active and I'm not signing up for that boring garbage. So we want to encounter the Holy Spirit, at least some of us I know. This might be a weird way of explaining it. If, if you want to, um, if you want to humor me, just close your eyes for a second. So this this is a little bit of what encountering the Holy Spirit is about. So I want you to imagine being a little kid and you're going somewhere with your dad. And you might be really little. And so he might be daddy. And he's in front of you and you're trying to keep up with him with your little legs. You're following behind him and trying to keep up, and you see him turn around every so often to make sure that you're still there, you're, you're following with him, and, you know, you follow him because you love him and because you trust him, that wherever he's going is, is fine for you to go. But imagine that he stops walking and he turns around and he runs back towards you and he leans down and he gives you a hug and he tells you that he loves you. That's the good stuff. Like it, it's nice to follow him and to trust him and to just be with him but kind of at a distance. But man, it is so much better when he turns around and he comes back and engages with you. And nothing else in the world matters except letting you know that he loves you. That's the difference between just following God and interacting with him. Like, it's really good. It's really good to just follow him. It's really good to let him go on ahead and you follow at a distance and, and trust that he's going to keep you safe and, and all that kind of stuff. But man, it is, man, it is really good when he turns around and engages with you. That interaction with him, that is what it is like 
to experience the Holy Spirit. Because to, to have love for someone is a great thing. But to be loved by someone, like having love for somebody is so beautiful, but to be loved by someone, man, I got to tell you, that is way better. So many years ago, um, a group of my friends and I had been seeking experiences with the Holy Spirit because we got a taste of it and it was just it was addicting. It was like to, to know that you're loved by someone. This is that moment of having the Father turn around and pick you up and hug you and say, I love you. And so we just got hooked on it. We're just wanting to experience whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has for us. And a friend of mine uh, named Eric, he and I went out walking every day uh, for a couple months where we would walk for about an hour to an hour and a half, and we just said, we're going to go on prayer walks, and we're just going to keep praying, come Holy Spirit, and just pray for every house that we go past. Just not knowing anything about these people or what they have going on in their lives, we're, we're just going to pray as God leads us to for each one of these houses. And we would go by, and just all these different things would come up all the time. One morning, uh, it was bitterly cold. It was about 15 degrees out, and we are walking, and we're just praying that God would just show up, and we would have an encounter with him somehow. And so we're praying, and I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm thinking if God's going to show up in this way, um, it's going to be through us meeting a person somewhere. It's probably going to be a person, and something, God's going to do something cool. But we're just saying, come Holy Spirit, and so we go down a street that we've never been down before, and we're, we're walking, and it kind of comes to a, a dead end, and um, at the dead end of the street, we can see there's a, a guardrail, but then it goes into this, this snow-covered grassy area, and then we're like, is that a lake? Like, this didn't look like a pond. It was massive. And this was pretty close to our houses, and none of us had ever seen it before. And we were like, we have to, we got to go and check this out. We hop over the guardrail, and we walk towards it, and we, it is, it's foggy. It's still pretty dark out, because it was about 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And the fog kind of rolls away off of this pond lake, and the most incredible group of swans I've ever seen is floating around in this body of water. And, it's, and we just are, like, I kind of looked at him, and he looked at me like, is it, where are we? Like, have you ever seen a swan? Not at the zoo? <laughs> And there's dozens of them. And we're just staring in awe. And we just say, God, thank you. And I remember saying to my friend Eric, what do you, like, what do you think this means? 
And he just looked at me and he said, I just think it means God really, really loves us. That he just really, really loves us. God can show you the way that he loves you through a million different ways. And it's one of the games that the Holy Spirit gets to play. Uh, About eight or nine years ago, I got invited to go to a Bengals game. Um, I don't like going to Bengals games. Uh, I like watching them on TV, but anytime I've been to one of the games in person, it's just like a giant drunk fest, and it just, I can't see anything ever, and it's freezing. I'm like, I hate this. But I'm trying to make the most of it. I'm freezing to death, and I heard that there was a booth over yonder that had hot chocolate that you could get a shot of Bailey's or Kahlua in. And I was headed that way. And I got in line, and it was a long line, and it was forever, and I'm getting impatient, but I'm just looking around and staring at people, because there are some people at Bengals games. For whatever reason, though, I felt like God drew my attention to a guy who was standing with his back to me. There's um, these different gate areas where you would walk up and down the concourse or whatever you'd call it, um, the ramps to each level. And he was just standing kind of against this gate. And all I could tell was that it looked like he might be crying the way his shoulders were moving. That I don't know what's going on with this guy. Eventually, I have to go back and forth on, am I getting out of line? I've been in line for 20 minutes. What do you want me to do with this guy, God? What am I supposed to do? I get out of line and and I walk up to him and I tap him on the shoulder I said, hey, um, he turns around, he's got tears in his eyes. I said, would it be okay if I pray for you? Now, <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's chaos around us going on. <laughs> it was a game against the Browns that day. Is it okay if I pray for you? He's like, What? I said, I don't know. I feel like God told me to come over to you and that you might need me to pray for you about something. And he just turns around, and before I get to pray for him, he hugs me and won't let go. And he's huge. (laughs) And he kind of has me in one of these, like, like picking me up partially, crying. And I just started to pray for him. I said, come Holy Spirit. And I, he, couldn't, he couldn't even speak to tell me what, what was going on, what was wrong, what, what should I pray for? And so I just prayed, just come Holy Spirit. And the only thing that just kept coming to my mind is, he loves you. You're not a mistake. He loves you and you're not a mistake. 
after praying for a while, both crying, people staring at us, <laughs> Browns fans looking down on us, uh, I ended up walking him through the process of accepting Christ um, in the Bengals stadium, <laughs> right next to the beer line. And he, he just said, I just, I was staring through that fence because I was looking down there and I just, I've been wanting to kill myself. I keep thinking about it every day and I just feel worthless and like nobody loves me that nobody cares, nobody, and, and he just, it was, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. I got back to my seat super late. My friend's like, where the heck were you? Like, eh. Some, some, stuff, some stuff went on down there. <laughs> and so was it a miraculous healing that took place with him? Like with a heart healing? With, um, uh, or maybe it was wisdom that, um, that God just pointed him out because these shoulders were shaking. I, I, I don't know, but some, God did some, some incredible thing at the Bengals game that day. And it was because um, I let go of control enough to where there was wiggle room for the Holy Spirit to move. Because a lot of times it's not when you're seeking it. It's just when you're in that place of, do I have wiggle room for the Holy Spirit to move? How do, how do we get to the place where we have wiggle room for the Holy Spirit to show up and do something? You may not be looking for it. You might encounter the Holy Spirit if you have that wiggle room. We had, um, my wife's cousin was babysitting our kids uh, a long time ago, and she was um, about 15 years old. Um, her family is Catholic, and they're not just Catholic, they're like Shiite Catholics. They're like, like Navy SEALs Catholics, like the most Catholic humans I know. And I remember uh, driving her home from our house one night and just talking in the car and her saying that, uh, yeah, it was, um, I don't know how to say this, but um, I was with some of my friends and we went to a, 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 a thing for church where there was worship music and this was a, a Catholic church event for teenagers and she said, um, and somebody came up behind me and they put their hand on my shoulder and as soon as they touched me, I passed out. And I fell down on the ground. But I wasn't unconscious. Like, I just didn't want to move and it felt like the love of God was wrapping me up completely. Do you know what that is? I'm like, yeah. And she wasn't, she wasn't looking for it, but she had wiggle room, though, where she was in a place of saying, God, if, if you want to do something, I, here I am. 
the Holy Spirit moves in strange ways. I was a part of the prayer team at the vineyard in Tri-County about 15 years ago. And I was partnered up with a lady who I had never met before who was on the prayer team also. Uh, And so after the service, we would go to near the stage. And if anybody needed prayer for anything, people would come up. And there were a couple of us teams there to to pray for people. And I remember a woman came up and she said that she just didn't know what she was going to do. She had um, this, and it was obvious, she had uh, a pretty severe skin condition all over her face and hands. I don't know exactly what it was, but she said that uh, it was getting worse and that her, her doctor said that she had to have this skin cream that was $400. It was $400 for this little tube of it. And she said like she was going broke trying to buy this, this skin cream. And can we just please pray for her? And we just, I remember we, we prayed and we're praying about just that God would, would heal her, that, you know, that, and praying for miraculous healing. She was not miraculously healed while we were praying for her. We finish up, and after we said amen, the lady who I was partnered up with, she said, I have to tell you, I'm a dermatologist, and that skin cream that you're talking about they have an exact replica version of it at the Dollar General for $2. And it's the exact same stuff. (laughs) This lady lost her mind. Oh, Lord Jesus! (laughs) And so is the Holy Spirit in in the prayer, or did the Holy Spirit guide her to the right prayer team person. In John chapter 16, Jesus explains to the disciples that he's not going to be with them for much longer. He says, do you want the good news or the bad news? He's got kind of both. He says, none of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I've, said yes, because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, yes, you're going to lose me, but man, you are going to gain a new best friend. And I have to go so that I can send him to you. A lot of people will say that they want more of Jesus in their life. I'm telling you today, the way that you experience Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience Jesus, it's through the Holy Spirit. The sending of the Holy Spirit is the thing that ministers Jesus to us. Further, in John 16, it says, And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because 
the prince of this world now stands condemned. So the things that can kind of prevent us from getting everything that the Holy Spirit has for us are sin, righteousness, and judgment. And sin, that there's, there's you know, it, it's, it's not about right or wrong anymore. There's only, when God looks at our stuff, it's kind of a, a legal or illegal situation. And if we know Christ, we're no longer in illegal territory. And so when we're right with the law, all of a sudden, all these things are available to us. Gotta, gotta, gotta. So, how do I say that? Um, The Holy Spirit will reveal that self-righteousness as well. The people who think, well, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm not, the Holy Spirit will reveal judgment in a different way. Um, so imagine that there's trouble when the Holy Spirit is, is within you and upon you. It's the, uh, oh no, dad is going to kill me versus, oh no, I need to call my dad. Like, where, where are you still? Are you still in the, oh no, dad's going to kill me? Or, I need to call my dad. I'm in trouble, I need to call my dad. He's the one that can help me. Praying, come Holy Spirit, can be uh, intimidating. It can be intimidating for me because it's, it's, this is like, it's my, it's my job. Um, and part of this whole thing is like, I like to be able to control certain things. Some things need a certain amount of control. And I can't control things. I can't control what happens if I really, truly mean come Holy Spirit. Because we, we've had services here before where the Holy Spirit has began to move in some way. And I'm like, I got like seven good pages written and this this guy's just going off about, like, he's taken over the whole thing. Come on, Holy Spirit. I spent like 12 hours writing this. But it's getting to the point uh, more and more as I get older that it's, it's super freeing. It's super freeing to, to be okay with. Uh, sometimes you say, come Holy Spirit, and boom, crazy, cool things happen. And sometimes you say it, and there's crickets. And it's okay, because I'm not the one who's in charge of it. It's not up to me to put on a show. It's up to God to do whatever it is that he wants to do. We'll close with 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says... But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Um, 
this week, what I wanted to bring this up for is just um, to really reveal the truth that you will have constant opportunities to pray for people in your life, constant opportunities to experience the Holy Spirit, like, if you're saying, no, nah, that just doesn't happen for me, I'm going to tell you it's because you don't invite it to happen. Constant opportunities to um, pray for people at the grocery store, at church, here today, um, here throughout the week, if you're in a small group, in your home, in your school, uh, and where you can pray the prayer, come Holy Spirit, and see what God does. What I would recommend as an exercise is to pray for people just stuff that you don't know about. Like, we, we, haven't, we haven't talked much, and I'm just going to pray, and if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, but we'll see where God takes us. Another way that you could start this is by writing. You could journal. Write down, come Holy Spirit, and then... Give yourself a challenge, like 500 words. I'm going to pray for these 10 people in my life. And I don't even know what to pray about them, but I need to hit 500 words. And so I'm just going to keep adding. And watch where it goes. God, I just pray that you would bless them financially. I pray that you would take care of their job situation. You're like, but I don't know about their job situation. Good. Pray there. And just have some wiggle room to be able to expect the Spirit to move in your life and see what happens. Um, so I want to I pray, and I want to invite the prayer team to, to come up to pray for people. If there's anybody from the prayer team that's here, um, before I pray, um, while I was talking, did anybody get any kind of anything that you felt like it was from God? Any words, any feeling, anything that you thought you needed to share with someone? Anyone at all? All right, let's pray then. Lord, right now we pray together that you would come Holy Spirit. Come and rest in this place. Pray that you would fill this room with your presence Pray that you would be giving visions and words, feelings, promptings to people right now. And Lord, we just want to be in a, a place of freedom where we have wiggle room for you to do whatever it is that you want to do. So if you have um, any gifts to give to your people,
pray that you would be handing those things out. That as we pray, we just open our hands up right now for you to, to give us whatever it is that you want to give us. Say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. You can have your way. If that word is for you, uh, just claim it. Grab it. Don't, don't ask, well, well, maybe it's for somebody else, or maybe, uh, maybe I didn't say exactly that thing. If, if you think it's for you, then it's for you. And hear this. He loves you. He loves you. There's nothing you could ever do to make him love you any less. We just say, come Holy Spirit. Let's pray as we, as we wrap this up today, this service, that it would not be the end of anything that you would be moving and speaking and prompting, revealing things. I pray that you would be empowering and giving boldness to your people. I pray that people in this room would do something that they've never done before, that you have been calling them to do. Pray that we would surrender. Just say, You can have your way, Lord. you Holy Spirit more of you and less of us pray these things in the name of Jesus amen amen God bless you guys if you would like to receive prayer for anything at all we'll have some prayer team people over here near the cross and uh, invite the Holy Spirit this week and see where it goes. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit 
vineyardwestside.com.